Welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Hello, everybody. Kim and I are here once again today to talk all things wine with you. How are you, Kim? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you today? Everything is good, thanks. We're excited. We have two very special guests today, Christy Mayfield and Sharice Henry, joining us from all the way down in Texas. How are you today, guys? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. And for our list. Oh, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> For our listeners, uh, Christy and Charisse are what we want to say is your domestic wine educators, and they're going to tell us all about themselves, their program that's on domsom.us, and we're excited to talk some wine. So first, guys, Christy, why don't you tell us about yourself first, and then Charisse, tell our listeners your wine education background. Okay, perfect. Well, again, Christy Mayfield, and for the Domsom organization, I'm kind of chief wine nerd, uh, advisor of the vine, and my role in the organization is really to build the foundation of the wine course, which we have both a professional, so folks in the service industry, and Sharice can talk more about that, and also wine enthusiasts, really building on foundational wines. So from a certification perspective, we both are WSET2, and I have my nose in the next level with Society of Wine Educators. So um, that's probably a little bit longer term based upon mm-hmm. our today. Yes, and I, um, I am Sharice Henry. I have been in the service industry for longer than I care to, to speak of. I have definitely been educating and delving into wine for quite some time now. And so service is basically my niche. I've run restaurants. I've been a server. I've been a bartender. I've done everything from front of house to back of the house. And I have always found a passion for wine some way, somehow in a business or in my business and in a restaurant. So my latest venture was general manager of a, of a well-known restaurant here in Fort Worth, Texas. And having a staff and a wine list that was not only approachable and comfortable, but definitely something that people could come and visit and enjoy every day. So it really gave us ideas and passions about what we're doing now. I know Mark and I have spoken about this a number of times on our show, but that idea of having wine be something that you as an educator can get across to people in a comfortable way to make them feel like, oh, this is not something beyond what I know, or is it okay that I don't know the right questions to ask and being able to make it an approachable topic and have people get enjoyment out of it, regardless of how much they know about it. It's a real benefit for a lot of people and to to have educators who like to focus on that kind of thing. We love when we can talk to people who do that and who bring that perspective into their uh, everyday professional life in dealing with wine and with dealing with consumers. That's absolutely, I I think that's probably one of the best introductions to Domsom I've ever heard, Kim. And, you know, I, in the last couple of podcasts, your 2000 or 200th, I know you want to get to 2000. Oh my gosh, 2000. Can you imagine? (laughs) 201st episodes. I know you, 
you in particular spoke to that topic and also uh, with a passion. And, and I know you're a, a wine educator as well, but we really focus on taking the beer out of wine, making wine comfortable. And the best part about what we've built in, and we can talk about it in great detail, um, is the tools that we provide our students uh, really build upon having great conversations about wine uh, and, and really creating a common language. Because if you create a common language across, you know, from the server, um, so the service professional and the consumer or enthusiast, it just it's kind of taking wine to a whole new level and not doing it in a really super fancy and proofy word way, but really bringing it down to the nuts and bolts of what it is, why it is the way it is, why you like it and how to go get more of it. And as we have this conversation today, you'll understand Christy has really kind of embodied this whole program as wine for the rest of us, wine education for the rest of us, because wine is intimidating. We know that. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows that. And being on the service side of things, being a new server in a restaurant is always intimidating on its own. Introduce a wine list on top of all of the menu knowledge that they have to have. It just is an added layer of intimidation that a lot of people kind of crumble under. So we just wanted to create something that was for everyone, basically. Easy to understand, easy to get through, um, lay people's terms, and it's something that doesn't sound like a foreign language, <laughs> even though it is most of the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Kim and I get very excited when we see different approaches to wine education. Can you tell our listeners the basics behind Dom? So you had mentioned there's a pro version, there's an enthusiast version of the class options. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about how you came up with the idea or how things are offered? Absolutely. So as far as how we came up with the idea, it really was originally for the service professional. We were seeing declines in wine sales compared to craft cocktails, craft beers. And our number one goal and intention was to really build up the U.S. wine industry and get it back on an upward trajectory. Now, that being said, we hit a big old milestone in everyone's world, which was COVID. And we literally were getting ready to launch our first in-person event in March of 2020. So obviously we put the brakes on that. And as we've seen, you know, the service industry is still kind of churning and trying to get back to some forms of stability. And in the meantime, Sharice and I used that time to continue our education, and we actually changed the format to include enthusiasts because we saw in the vein of COVID people having to make their own decisions, people having to figure it out on their own because they didn't have access to service professionals, sommeliers, even wine shops, a lot of wine shops, you just had to order online and they'd come bring it out to your door and they're basically in their hazmat suit. So you did, you lost that personal connection. And so we really saw that as a gap we could fill by putting the course online versus in-person. And hopefully one day we'll go back to the in-person format, complementing uh, the online. But basically the enthusiast and the professional, the foundations of wine, the course is the same. 
And then the service side, and Sharice is the, the, she's the key there, you know, it's, that's really targeted. So it's kind of an additional layer on top of the enthusiast course. So, yeah, absolutely. So we decided to do two veins of this program simply because initially we wanted to target the service industry because those were the folks that were selling wine. What we wanted to provide to them is how can you better understand your customer, your guest? How do you better understand exactly what the guest is asking for? Well, in COVID, we decided that not only should the person in service know, but the person who's choosing should also know when they're looking at a wine list full of wines that they've never seen, that how do I choose from this book of wine something that I know is gonna work for me? Not a good wine, not a price appropriate wine, but a wine that I personally am gonna like. And why would I choose this wine over another? And that was our focus for the, the enthusiast vein. We learned in COVID that after COVID, especially being in the restaurants, there was a lot of turnover after the fact, if we got people to come back. So one of our major goals was how can we pitch a service-oriented wine education class when the staff is not sticking around for two or three months. No one wants to invest in that. No one wants us to come in and, and necessarily pay for a five, $600 class that people are going to be able to take. Well, what we did was we created a class that was approachable, affordable, and something that service staff needs. And it's also not intimidating. So it just gives them just the right amount of of information in order for them to be able to dissect what a guest wants and choose appropriately from the list that they have in front of them. And what's so smart about that idea too is that you're not necessarily only pitching it to say the management of the restaurant. You know, this is something that those servers, should they only stick around in that restaurant for three or four months, they can then take that knowledge with them and use it at their next job or use it to get that next job. I think that having something that is focused specifically on those restaurant folks, but then giving them that empowerment to then bring that knowledge and use it in whatever they decide to do with their careers is really very beneficial. Absolutely, Kim, because that, that was one of our main focuses. It's like, we don't want you to pay for something that is not going to be useful to you down the road. And this class is not just for fine dining. Right. It's not just for Mm -hmm. those people who need to be able to speak French and be able to talk about a Portuguese bottle of wine. This is for the person who may be working at your everyday local restaurant today and tomorrow they want to step up into Mm -hmm. a steakhouse. So they have a foundation and they have been able to sell wine. And then also the appropriate questions to ask, how do you create a conversation about wine like when your knowledge is lacking? So these are all the things that we approach in the mm-hmm. course. Where we get really excited is when we talk to students mm-hmm. in the class who say, oh my gosh, I now understand. So I feel like I'm part of the kind of the conversation, not just someone sitting there shaking their head, nodding their head and smiling and going, I have no idea what they just said. And Mm -hmm. that's on sides. 
So a server getting asked a question they have no idea how to answer. This is kind of that thing. And we really believe it's kind of the foundation and we want people to get excited about it and maybe go on and pursue additional courses. But we're really covering the basics. I call it vineyard to bottle, bottle to table. And it kind of covers the tools that you can take with you anywhere. And then in addition to that, the course can go with you anywhere. You can take it on your iPhone. You can take it on your tablet, on your desktop. And it's short little modules within each of the five key lessons, if you will. So if you have two minutes, you can take a module. If you have two hours, you can take a whole section or more. And then we build on quizzes at the end of each of the modules so that at the end of the course, when you take your final exam, you're really prepared. And that, again, builds on those foundational tools and principles that we've taught throughout the course. Absolutely. So you mentioned you you want to build up the U.S. wine industry, and and the name is obviously the domestic sommelier. Is the focus only on U.S. wines when you take the classes? Well, so what we did, um, because we know that if you go to any grocery store or wine shop or liquor store, you're going to see wines from all over the world. But as we know, in the wine business, a lot of those labels, you don't really understand. Fortunately, in the US, we try to keep it fairly simple and our labeling is fairly simple. And on top of that, the majority of wines consumed in the US are domestic wines and they're consumed within 24, 48 hours of purchase. So we really took to that principle and we cover the top four consumed white wine varietals and the top four reds. We don't really want people just to think of those eight wines. What we do is we talk through, let's say Cabernet Sauvignon or Riesling, and we talk about the different styles, why those styles are different, how they get that way, what influences both the climate as well as in the winery when the winemaker makes different decisions, what that ends up in looking like, tasting like, smelling like in the bottle. And then we reference where else in the world you can get that varietal, where what other prominent regions or countries that varietal is, but what you can expect to be different. And then we also give some additional, I call them notable reds, notable whites. But at the end of the day, we classify the wines by style. So there's three white wine styles, actually four if you count sweet, and then three red wine styles. And we build the language and the principles on those styles so that it really covers any kind of like packed with a punch red. Well, that could be a cab. It could be a Zen. It could be a Shiraz. It could be a Petit Syrah. (laughs) And so you're learning about the styles, but we're teaching it based upon the top eight consumed varietals in the U.S. What we did is we tried to make this course as relatable as possible. And what we found is that one of the main things that intimidates people about wine is not being able to pronounce the wine. (laughs) Being in the service industry, as long as I was, I totally understood that people do not order things they cannot pronounce. Why? They just don't, they don't want to look stupid. Right. So. It's embarrassing when you can't pronounce it. <laughs> it's totally embarrassing, Kim. So what we did is we wanted to make it easy, not necessarily a wines of the world kind of course, which, you know, Christy and I both read that book and has been really foundational for us. But for someone who is using this for the purpose that it's intended, basically, I just need to know 
how to order a bottle of wine when I go to a restaurant and get what I want and not have a server sell me a bottle, $60 more than I wanted to pay. Or as a server, how do I talk to someone who is educated about wine when I'm not? How can I create a dialogue in that instance? And so that's what we wanted to do. And the easiest way for us to do that was to focus and target things right here at home. We create amazing wines that are parallel to some of the the best wineries and the best bottles of wine in the world. Why can't we focus on just wines of the U.S.? And when you do that, we have so many parallels. Oregon is parallel to Burgundy. Mm -hmm. The same qualities that you get in Burgundian Chardonnay, you'll get in how do you say it? Or Organian? How do you, what, well, just say what are you? <laughs> People in Oregon, what are you? But Oregonians. Or, Oregonians? Oregonians? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> but those are the things like, we just want to make parallels. We're not trying to exclude the rest of the world. We just want people to have a foundation that's easy for them to understand. And what and you're doing is you're bringing a focus, which, and, and it's not a focus that Mark, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we have ever seen a program that it's just focusing on, okay, here, let's talk about American wines. I mean, unless it is a specific specification that's like you know, California right. specialization, which I, I think yeah. you have one of those, Mark. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to have an entire educational system really based around, we're going to talk about wine in a slightly different way. We're going to focus on those U.S., regions and styles and grape varieties and try to bring that stuff to the public in a way that this whole idea of having language that both (laughs) the professional and the consumer have in common so that they can communicate with each other. I mean, this is something that I feel like we've heard so many times, like this is at the crux of so much confusion with wine. We don't have, you know, a lot of us that talk about wine professionally sometimes don't have the language in our brains that the consumers have in their brains. And, you know, we all started out as people who didn't know anything about wine. Right. <laughs> so we right. used to be those people. And so like to get back to that idea of let's have this common ground and this common language, I think is very refreshing. Well, we're excited that you see what we see in it because we think it's, it is different. Uh, we think it fills a different niche in the education of wine and having all been students uh, at uh, different levels in that, I think for, for me, it also helps people understand that the kind of some of the stigmas that have been placed on American wine really kind of need to be shed. So let's take Chardonnay. I always use that as a reference because right. there's so many people, including, you know, my husband's one of them who said, I really hate Chardonnay. Right. Well, it's because we went through that period in time when California Chardonnay was very it, creamy, rich, buttery, oaky, you know, it was big and bold and, you know, high alcohol. And that was a unique style, but the, the palate has gone away from that. So, you know, Sharice mentioned Burgundian Chardonnay. Well, those styles were so dramatically different, but you can get that style, that Burgundian style in the US, Mm -hmm. but it's been overshadowed by some of these stigmas, whether it's cab or Riesling is even better. I mean, everybody thinks of Riesling Mm -hmm. is just sweet syrup. Um, So we break that down. So people are more open to trying and they understand that Chardonnay has multiple styles. It can be 
bright and crisp and citric and you know green apple and refreshing. And it doesn't always have to be the big, bold, buttery, oaky. And right. the best thing about the United States is we have all of those styles. Right, exactly. We have them all. And so like, what, why not, like, where is a better country to really show the diversity of what wine can be mm-hmm. outside of the United States? Like, and where um, people can still do a lot of experimenting with yes. what they're making. And there's always this, you know, creative energy, I feel like, with wine styles for the United States. And it's always changing and growing and more and more states all the time producing really great wine. So Absolutely. it's definitely, I think, for people to explore what different regions of the U.S. have to offer as far as those familiar grape varieties, but then in a number of different styles, like you were saying. Kim, Mark, what were the first wines that you ever consumed? <laughs> like, what were your first wines? For me, and I'm not embarrassed to say, it might have been a jug with a handle on it that I could throw over my back. With I think mine was too. <laughs> and hold my two liter of Sprite that goes in it. At the same time. I think we all shopped at the same Texaco station. <laughs> so I'm like, most people were either exposed to really, really, really inexpensive international wine or they were exposed to domestic and it's one of the two and you some way somehow got to a domestic bottle early in your wine years Mm -hmm. and so like that's kind of where we are like we're just getting started so why don't we start at home yeah look in your own backyard and i like how you do the top four because talking about the first wines, I remember way back learning wine and taking courses where they would give you wines and they would be blends. And I'm like, I just want to learn what Cabernet is. I don't want to know what a Cabernet Zinfandel Petit Syrah blend is because that teaches me nothing. Because I was actually going to ask about blends because they seem to such an important part of the market and the retail market for blends right now. And I'm like, hmm, that's a good question to ask. <laughs> you are <around. laughs> talk about blends. We, you know, there's a couple of things that, uh, because this is our foundational course and we have definite visions of adding to it. So I'll be real candid. We don't cover rosé. We don't cover sh- uh, bubbles or champagne. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and, and the reason for that is because, you know, we want to give the foundation, but we also want to inspire people to, we believe Domsom is going to be a broad community of wine lovers. We don't want it to just be come take the course and disappear. We want it to be come take the course, then build on additional courses, maybe around Missouri wine or New York mm. wine or Lakes or sparkling or rosé or blends. So we didn't want to be everything to everybody all at one time, because we really want to create like this community that continues to draw people into it, to network, to take additional courses, to gain more insight and information at at people's, once people are feeling that that fear of wine has been shed. Yeah. Yeah, And and once, once people have that foundational, because you have the the foundation class on there and then it, you know, one of my questions I was going to ask you was what are the next steps for additional classes that are going to be put up on there? Because obviously people are going to want to take, they'll take one class and then they're hopefully going to want to continue with that because 
as you give them just a little bit of a taste, there are then so many more places that you can go with that learning. The enthusiast is going to obviously gravitate towards your professional course. So I guess it's the professional person you're looking to offer more specific courses, right? Like you No, not necessarily. No? Seeing a lot more people traveling for wine adventures. And, uh, and you, you know, even here in Texas, Texas used to have more of a reputation of not very good wine. Well, Texas, in fact, the Texas Hill Country is drawing millions of visitors for its wine that we didn't have 10 years ago. So enthusiasts want to know more about Texas wine. So we, as we build that, say, Texas wine course, I'm using as an example in our own backyard, then we want to partner with the Texas wine industry and Texas uh, Wine Growers Association to really educate people. So before they come, they're at least understanding what to expect and why our wines might be slightly different than what they might taste in their own backyard if they're from New York, et cetera. So again, the, the enthusiast in, in professional courses, the content about wine education is the same. The umbrella that is built over the professional course is really that service leg of it because we want people to have that same foundational knowledge, speak the same common language and be able to have those really good conversations about it. So, um, and we're not intending it to end with wine. Like we have all kinds of balls in the air about different avenues of, you know, maybe doing something with liquor or maybe do, I mean, everyone, the United States is so diverse and valuable there's so we have so many opportunities here and there's a new distillery popping up every five seconds in texas mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. least craft beer is definitely something that's huge seltzers spritzers there's so many different fronts that we can educate people on that we have knowledge in or you know i'm now out of the restaurant business and into sales with wine and spirits so like i'm seeing a whole different focus and a whole different side of the market now, even sake, like yeah. people, people don't know anything about sake. Mm-hmm. People go to a Asian restaurant and they think that hot sake is the way to go. And you, you put a glass on your chopsticks and you hit the table and it's all fun and games. <laughs> well, people don't realize that it is just as serious as wine. Um, flavor profiles, just like wine. There's so much for everyone yeah to be educated on that we are not going to limit ourselves to what, yeah, we're not going to pigeonhole ourselves into anything. We have a lot now. We have a lot of big visions about where the courses go. But in addition to that, and I think Mark, this probably relates uh, to you as well. We are creating and it's being, it's under development right now. So, and we haven't really figured out the best name. I still call it our partner program, but what we also want to do is, is be a, a really good resource for people wherever they happen to be, again, centrally located on on U.S. and domestic. But if you're going, let's say I mentioned Finger Lakes earlier, so I'll, I'll repeat that, or Hudson Valley. And so we want wineries and wine shops and anybody in the wine industry in those areas to be part of our program where we have kind of a search function within the domsom.us website where people can say, okay, I'm going to Finger Lakes. I'm interested in finding out some wineries so they can use that as a 
centralized repository of information. We have the partner programs. And then our partners can say, okay, if you have four people, we'll give you one of those tastings for free or, or however they want to you know, encourage people. The other part of that is our students. We want to build a network of those students. So if you live in Fort Worth, Texas, but you want to move to Seattle, Washington, you can communicate with other, we call them Dom Sommers, uh, communicate with the Dom Sommers in the professional service industry in Seattle and say, who's hiring? Here's my background. What would be some great places to start? So Again, that's building on the community around wine. So it's not just a singular come take Dom Psalms enthusiast course and disappear forever. It's come take the course and then we want to grow our service and our community to keep you inspired and educated and informed and involved in the wine industry. Education. Yeah. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine, and we are your hosts, Mark and Kim. You can find us every week on Franklin Radio, WFPR 102.9, and on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. This week, we are interviewing Christy Mayfield and Sharice Henry from domsom.us is their website, and we are learning some fascinating things about their U.S.-focused wine education. Mark, you said that you had some questions that you wanted to uh, to ask of our uh, friends here today. Yeah, well, you know me, Kim, with buying tips. I, I have to ask them, what is your best buying tip that you might offer during your courses that you tell people? This is kind of a tip of what to look for. After you teach the basics, is, uh, do you give tips on selecting wines and what would be the best tip? Yeah, that, that's actually probably one of the most challenging ones. And if you're lucky enough to walk into Franklin Liquors and you've got a wine expert, ask questions. So never be afraid to ask questions. The reality of that is many people don't have that expert to talk to. And coming out of COVID, it's even probably more rare. So they may go to their local grocery store. And so the tools that we give, so talking about how climate impacts wines, what primary, secondary, tertiary influences on winemaking have, what alcohol levels can do. You see something that is a Chardonnay that's a 12.5% versus a 14.5%. We teach people to look for those kinds of clues about what they might see. We also give, and some of the courses we'll build on in addition to the foundation are like, if you like this, here are five or six additional wines that we would recommend you try. So some of that isn't yet in the foundational course, but it's how to read. We teach how to read a label and kind of what clues that can give you about the wine. And then in talking through the let's say California, it's huge, 138 plus AVAs. How does one memorize all that? We also have tools that, you know, as I mentioned, it's portable. You can pull up your app and we focus right now only on the top 10 wine producing states. And you can get some clues as to if it says Russian River Valley, these are the top varietals that that region is known for. And so we kind of highlight that. And if Pinot Noir is one of those you've learned in depth about Pinot Noir. So you can translate that knowledge. So we don't get 
super specific about it. What we want people to do is use that knowledge to really open the world of wine to them. Instead of buying that one brand of that one varietal 24 Mm seven, and that's the only wine that they have in their home, we want them to say, okay, you know, I like Cab, but then I was reading all this information about Merlot. And I know, Mark, you happen to be a fan of that. So I'm plugging the Merlot for you. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> but, you know, why should I try a Merlot? And we really try to like create the picture around Merlot that this is what it's good for. And also food and wine pairings. So if you know this is what you're cooking for dinner, we want food and wine to be like the highlight of your evening. So we deal with that as well in different tools. We've also given our Dom Sommers like a list of questions. Mm -hmm. These are the things that you need to know about yourself in order to get what you want. It's almost like a dating site. (laughs) That's really smart, though. I mean, we tell people all the time, like, you need to know how to articulate the things you don't like just as well as you need to articulate the things that you do like. So knowing yourself, super important. It's a great, great thing. That is one thing that we definitely do in this course that is different from any other course that is out there. We focus on you. Mm -hmm. So you as the enthusiast, you as a server, you as a server, you need to know how to make money and how to get your guests to what they want. You as an enthusiast needs to let your server know how to get to what you want. So it's all about you. Yep. And so that's one big focus that we have. We've worked on flow charts and we've worked on <laughs> questionnaires. We've worked on all kinds of things because we come from so many different backgrounds in our partnership here at Som that we've been graced with um, this very diverse group of people. Some know wine, some don't. Christy and I have taken these courses. Our partners have not. Our partners like to go into a restaurant and order wine and get what they want by giving very vague descriptions right? <laughs> and are often disappointed. Right. And that made us understand that we needed to make sure that as a, a consumer or as a salesperson, you know how to translate Absolutely. That verbiage. And not be afraid of it. And Kim, I loved you were walking through in one of your pre- just recent episodes go buy different bottles, go buy a Riesling, go buy a Sauvignon Blanc, go buy a Chardonnay, go buy a Pinot Noir and just try them. Really get to to know them and buy a Chardonnay that says oaked, buy one that says unoaked. That's the most fun. And I think people get really surprised when they've pigeonholed what they think they like and all of a sudden they open a bottle, they taste it, they smell it. And it just brings like a complete different experience to them. The other thing that we also talk about, that we've, you know, and and Sharice did a great like lesson with our partners on this. So we have the six S's of wine tasting. So we also talk to people about how to let wine tell you a story because wine is probably the best storyteller on the planet. So sight sniff, sip, savor, swish. What am I missing? Oh, swirl, the swirl. I think swirling wine was sexy, but pretentious. And now I won't, I mean, like we cheers, my husband and I cheers before we, you know, we kiss before every bottle of wine, but he doesn't get his kiss until I've swirled because I wanted that wine to open up and tell me that story. 
So just those foundational principles, I think people start to understand what it is, why you're doing There's it. a reason behind it. Exactly. Because every, everything about wine feels a little uptight and pretentious because it's not. We don't swirl our beer. We don't swirl our soda. We don't swirl our orange juice or our milk. You don't swirl your coffee? I swirl my coffee. Yeah, we swirl <laughs> everything. <laughs> I think I think because I'm just it's such it so in the habit of just swirling my wine that I swirl I swirl my coffee. When my kids were little, they would like swirl their milk. I'm like, no, 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 please don't do that in public. <laughs> I was talking to to a wine shop owner today for my blog, and he said his son swirls his water, and it was just yeah. that was just so cute. So yes, we're, we're establishing good habits at a young age. There you go. It's important. So. You make it fun. That's that's the bottom line I, I get from what you're offering. It's I mean, Kim and I joke about this all the time when we do shows that we do a lot of geeky stuff, but we try to make it fun when we're talking about the geeky stuff. So wine, like you said, the story behind it is what's amazing. And you can always bring up a lot of conversation based on a wine and, and just build on that. And that seems like what you're really doing there. So it's fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no dumb questions. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm a Missouri farmer star, but but I I love, I love plants. I love the dirt, but wine is the magic because you really can get so many expressions out of it that you don't get from an ear of corn or a field of soybeans, et cetera. I mean, it's magic in a glass, magic in a bottle. And we really want people to understand that can be it doesn't have to be scary. And, and the biggest thing is for us is there is a wine out there for everybody. People who say they don't like wine, my answer to them is always, you haven't had the right one. Yep. I have friends that come over and they're like, oh, you know, you only got that wine. You know, and I'm like, girl, what do you like? Like, what do you drink on a normal basis? What do you typically, I have something here for you that you're going to enjoy. And it may not be the, your favorite thing on earth, but I have something that that's going to be palate pleasing to you. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, if you don't like it on its own, when I put this plate in front of you, <laughs> it's going to show up the way that it should. So I think in Texas, we put a lot of value on food and friends and what happens at a table, the experience, the experience. And I think that wine is just one of those things that just adds to it. And if we can help our friends, our neighbors, our students, our students get to a place where their table is complete, because for me, I don't feel like my table is complete unless I have a bottle of wine on it. (laughs) And that might just be me. So I just think that, you know, if you can get to a place where you are comfortable making your table complete, then I'm, that's what we're here for. I think you're really tapping into something that we seem to be seeing as sort of the, the zeitgeist of the moment when it comes to wine education and when it comes to wine drinking is that people want it to be less stuffy, less snobby, more approachable, more fun, more about enjoying it with your friends and your family and hopefully your coworkers, if we ever get to the point of, you know, being able to drink with our coworkers again, right. Mark, yeah. <laughs> right. but just, you know, this new 
twist on it. It's not about scores. It's not about reviews. It's not necessarily about taking wine recommendations from these people who, you know, you might not necessarily know who they are and have all these professional credit. What's the word I'm looking for? Credentials. Even though we have a lot of professional credentials, you know, making it this thing that is much more of a part of everyday life as opposed to super special or really expensive or something that takes all of this really exclusive education and knowledge to just enjoy. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if your favorite bottle is a $5 bottle from the grocery store, fabulous. What we want to do is teach you why it is that you like it so much. So when you go to the gro- to a restaurant and the lowest bottle is $35, you don't automatically go to that, but you can say, this is what I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Have something that is, is similar. And so it's not, or you yourself can find that thing yeah. on the list based on what you've learned, because you know, this comes from cool climate. This region mm-hmm. is something I enjoy. This region it's something I don't enjoy because it's it's just as important to know what you like it and what you don't like is what you like. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think Kim, you said that earlier, but I value the little bit of education that I have because we all know that wine just does not end. Wine oh education just does not. <laughs> There's always something else to learn. There's always something else to learn, and the way that Italian law is changing right now is Ugh. Spanish <laughs> law. Oh my god, all Spanish law, like what? Everything. You know, so. I mean, it's always a constant, a continuous education, Mm -hmm. but for you to be able to go to a a store when you're picking up things for your dinner party, which so many more people are doing now, I feel like it was one of those things that people used to do all the time in the sixties and seventies, and then nobody did it. Now we're back to dinner parties. I have them at my house, but it's awesome to be able to say, Hey, this is a charcuterie. These are the ones we're going to have with that. Mm -hmm. This salad course, we're going to have another different, we're going to have a different wine with this one. This is a, the entree and we're having lamb. This wine's going to pair perfectly. So I think people should be empowered to, to be able Absolutely. to do that without spending five, $600 on a course yeah, or without yeah. having to seek out the information on their own. Yep. So now you get us and our listeners uh, hungry and thirsty and wanting to take your classes and you have given us a little promotion for our listeners to use. Would you like to tell our listeners what you're offering for them? Absolutely. So I'll just come right up front and say one of the things that we absolutely were adamant about with our business model is um, because as an enthusiast, I'm not in the service industry. So when I've taken my certifications, it's come out of my pocketbook and I don't even get a tax write off on it. It's very expensive to get educated in some of the formal ways. They're fabulous courses and it's a great experience, but it's not for everyone. So we were really adamant about keeping this affordable. So our price point, both for the professional course and the enthusiast course is $199. So if you just went today, went to domsom.us, you could go to either course and pay $199. But for the privilege of us getting to share this experience with you, we really wanted to make your listeners feel even more special. So we have a promotion code. So when you click on a course to and go to the, I want to buy this course now, there's a coupon code, promo code field. If you type WWOW, so wonderful world of wine, WWOW2020, you will get 20% off whichever of the two courses you choose. 
I will say if you are an enthusiast, you don't need the professional course because you really don't need to understand the pricing of wine bottles. Um, but if you're in that service industry, there's some really key information that will help you not only be more comfortable, but at the end of the day, if you're in that industry, you're doing it to make a living. It's going to make you more. And we want you to be more successful in that career path. So yeah, we definitely go, go take the course. And if you have any questions, um, you can reach either one of us. Um, the, you can go to on Domsom. There's a, a contact or questions page, or you can uh, send me an email at Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I at domsom.us. I promise I'll get back with you. In addition to that, I have a wine blog. I'm a nerd. So I have all I these it. adventures, <laughs> stories, uh, tomes about wine. Uh, that uh, Sharice is in a lot of them, but I, I always get to include her. But it's uh, gettingourdomsom.com, or you can search Confessions of a Wine Nerd. Uh, but we're super in, excited, enthusiastic about making wine approachable, making wine about everybody, and keeping people at that point where they're informed to make great decisions and have great experiences around wine. Absolutely. And this is, you know, guys, this is like not our job job. This is our, <laughs> this our, our fun job. job. Extra, extra fun job. <laughs> this is our fun job. <laughs> We would love to be our job jobs at some point. So this is something that we are definitely doing out of passion and out of what we've seen a need for in our community and all over the country. I mean, Chrissy's very well traveled and I travel around the United States a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's something that we've seen that we've needed and and we would love for everyone to be a part of our community for sure. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to see where you go with more classes and, uh, and this community that you're building and really trying to bring this focus to the, the everyone needs wine education and this, this focus on American wine. So very exciting. And I'm so glad that we got to speak with you today. Well, thanks so much for having Thank us. you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. And keep, keep putting out great podcasts. Yes. Love we love <laughs> thank you. Christy and uh, Sherry, thank you very much for your time and telling our listeners all about your program. It's very exciting. We love any new approaches to wine education, and I'm glad the listeners got to hear from you personally today. Thank you very and much. All, and all this pivoting that people had to do during COVID. It's like your story is one of many, many that we've heard about. Well, we had one specific plan and then COVID came along and we had to completely and- change it. So, yes. Yes. Like, what, a, what a couple of years it's been. <laughs> COVID is making us stronger. And, and I think, you know, on top of that, I think COVID has made people realize that maybe learning doesn't stop with high school, college or graduate school, you know, to become an eternal, you know, kind of seeking knowledge. Yeah. Like, eternal student. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like some of us are. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, well, sure. I, I think more of us need to get back to those dinner parties. So hopefully uh, <laughs> we're it. entering into a new, maybe roaring twenties where we get together with our friends way more often and cook for them yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and drink just- together. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to us today on The Wonderful World of Wine. We have been your hosts, Kim Simone and Mark Lindsay, with our guests today, Christy Mayfield and Sharice Henry of Dom Som. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. My website is commonwealthwineschool.com and Mark's website is franklinlickers.com. 
And as always, you can find past episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. And don't forget, if you want to take one of the Dom Som classes, we have a special discounted code just for our listeners, which is WWOW, as in Wonderful World of Wine. And the number 20, WWOW20. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.